Imagine living your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, your master certified coach and midlife mentor. And once again, I am so glad to be here with you for this week's episode, which is another interview with an amazing woman in the middle who used yoga to help her discover her true self in midlife. My guest today is Stephanie Weikert. Stephanie is someone who went from stressed and full of self-doubt to calm and confident. She's a certified yoga therapist, and she went through a lot of self-discovery and insight in her 40s. She started to question her sexuality, quit alcohol and marijuana, and reflected on other chronic stress-related behavior throughout her life. She saw herself as struggling, but she really wanted to be more calm, balanced, and confident. She finally recognized that it was up to her to create this for herself. She needed to learn how to take charge and recognize the wisdom from her inner voice. Stephanie had to learn to listen, but listen to that inner voice. She knew she needed to. It was critical, but it was hard. It was scary, and shifting into being able to trust herself was a new skill. She shares her personal story of what it was like to hear that inner voice, but not exactly know what to do about it. How numbing with substances played a part. How wondering if sexuality can change how that played a part and how confusing that was. She needed more clarity, how she had to face the feelings of fear and shame, how she had a great life and a great marriage, but knew she still needed to explore that inner voice all while she felt out of alignment. Stephanie wants you to know you're not alone no matter what is going on inside of you. You can be smart and capable and still be struggling with life's challenges just like she was. She has quite a story to tell all about finding her purpose and being courageous and persistent enough to do so. I know you're going to want to hear more, and I'm thrilled to welcome Stephanie to the podcast. Enjoy this interview. Hi, Stephanie. I am so glad to have you with us today on the Women in the Middle podcast. Hi, Susie. Thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here today. So when we met a few years ago, we were both in the early stages of figuring out how to have an online business and I was so fascinated with the way you tied yoga practice to stress reduction and not being into yoga myself, I thought of it more as something to help with fitness and flexibility, like I didn't really understand. But I've been watching your work now for a few years and I'm starting to get the picture. There's a little more to it than that, but it was really your recent email that shared some of your personal work and your personal journey that made me realize how important it was to share your story of growth here on the podcast and how you overcame so many challenges using the methods that you teach with your program, Make Peace with Stress. So I I just really wanted to break that down. and, And let's just get started with my favorite question. What was going on in your 40s that helped you get where you are today? Yes. 
That's a great question. And for the record, I'm still in my 40s, although late 40s. <laughs> and <laughs> 48 and a half. <laughs> um, and uh, what was going on in my 40s was a, a really sort of a personally shocking inner experience, which is that I started to question my sexuality. Uh, just a little bit of background. I uh, am still married uh, 20 years to a man, and I have two teenagers. And um, it was about, I think it was the year I turned 45 that I just started noticing some things about myself that um, really caused me to lie in bed at night and hear within myself am I gay? <laughs> that question <laughs> that, uh, you know, that it shocked me. It shocked me. What, what, what? I, no, I, 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 that can't be right. But uh, it persisted. And um, over the next uh, couple of years, I, um, I, I really did some other growth work to be really clear about that, including getting sober um, from both alcohol and marijuana, which I was both using to, you know, sort of numb and escape what was happening uh, inside of me. And, um, and then, you know, just sort of really was able to clarify, like, yes, this is, this is my inner experience. This is true. And, um, and what I really want to highlight is, um, as you mentioned, what I teach in Make Peace With Stress um, is a three-step method that I discovered 20 plus years ago without knowing that it was uh, tied to straight from uh, this ancient healing system that we talk about as yoga. Um, and the briefest version of that story is that I had been struggling with chronic stress from my late teens into my late 20s um, and had a lot of coping mechanisms, including drinking and smoking weed. But the, the thing that really was a wake up call uh, back 20 years ago was that I, I pulled on my eyebrows and eyelashes. And um, mm. I now know it as a like a repetitive body focused behavior. Uh, the most common one is nail biting. Um, but I just, you know, sort of pulled on my eyebrows and eyelashes as a, as a, as a, you know, a, just a, a nervous habit, but it was really stress fueled. It was when I was feeling anxious and overwhelmed and spiraling and spinning inside of myself that I sort of mindlessly did that just became a habit. And, um, at one point, I saw myself in the mirror and sort of, I had no eyebrows or eyelashes at all. <laughs> and I was still sort of going through the motions of feeling around for something to yank on. And I saw myself and it was as if I had this, you know, sort of almost out of body experience of seeing myself look at myself in the mirror. And I saw myself for the first time in a lot of ways that I can really even remember as a person who was just really struggling, but wanted more for myself, mm -hmm. wanted 
to be, uh, you know, a more balanced and calm and confident person. Um, and, and that I was, in a lot of ways, really fighting for that for myself. I had tried so many, like, sort of external type of things. And that moment, what was super clarified to me was that it was up to me, that, that all of the things that I was trying to do sort of outside of myself, you know, to, to get a better job, to, you know, have a better place to live, to, you know, get a different haircut or, you know, different hair color or all of those things weren't, you know, were external experiences that weren't changing how I felt about myself inside. And that moment of seeing my face with no eyebrows or eyelashes and my eyes were just so despondent. I, I, you know, I just, I looked terrible. And there was an inner realization that I was the only one who could do something about it. And it was an inside job. It was really an inside job. And that's what led to sort of my um, focus on getting control of this weird habit, this nervous behavior of pulling on my eyebrows and eyelashes at that point, like I said, that weren't even there. And what I started doing is bending over, taking some deep breaths and saying to myself, almost like a mantra, not almost, let, as a mantra, you can stop. You can stop yourself. You can stop yourself. And it seems so sort of superficial and external, but what that showed me was that I had the ability to take charge of myself in a moment of, you know, feeling anxious or overwhelmed or doubting myself or just wondering, you know, how I was going to move forward in my life. When I did that, I showed myself that I could take charge and that I could help myself feel better. Now, full disclosure, at first it lasted, you know, 30 seconds, but the more I did it, the more that sense of um, recognizing that my inner voice was really my, my, you know, my, my, the wisdom that was there, the, the inner teacher, the, that compass for my life was in there if I just started to really listen and okay, really yeah. trust it, There's right? so much there. Okay. Mm -hmm. So in a way you can almost be grateful that the habit that you got wrapped up in was able to teach you something like maybe if it wasn't such a shocking wake up call for you that day, you wouldn't have really seen it, but it sounds like that was enough to kind of just give you pause. And yeah. then you also had the ability to create a pause in times of this struggle or stress. That's right. Which gave you the ability to really listen and trust what it was that you were thinking. So I have a feeling that you were probably like poo-pooing it away, poo-pooing the stress, poo-pooing the thoughts, poo-pooing all of it away. Is that how you would define that struggle? Yeah, I, I, you know, I really got into uh, deep patterns of numbing and ignoring and, like you said, pushing it away, like just, you know, not wanting to listen to what was happening inside of me, like not wanting to face it, not wanting to deal with it. I, you know, I now know that our lives in a lot of ways are, you know, sort of 
custom designed to help us overcome the exact obstacles that we need to overcome to learn the life lessons that we're meant to learn. And that resisting those on any level creates suffering. And so, you know, it's, it's really a part of the make peace with stress philosophy that suffering is your, you know, is your guidepost, right? Follow the suffering because it's there to help you. That's why my program is called Make Peace with Stress, because we tend to think about stress and that inner discomfort uh, as something that is, you know, a shortcoming or a problem or something we need to relieve or manage or reduce. But really, it's the guide that, um, that something in our lives, and a lot of times it's between our ears or our thinking, <laughs> right, as you know, uh, that something in our lives is out of alignment with our potential, with what we really want for ourselves. Oh, my gosh. We are so afraid of negative emotions. We are just, yeah. oh, that's scary and uncomfortable. I'm out. Let me do that's this right. fake thing instead. Let me right. keep myself busy and, uh, and pull my eyebrows out instead, even though right. we end up just creating more pain. So I love what you said about resistance and to notice the resistance and to use the resistance as a guidepost to allow your ability to feel it without as much fear. But I, you know, I'm always saying with curiosity. Absolutely. With curiosity. Okay, yeah. so you had this problem and you started using a mantra um, yeah. and started to get reacquainted with your inner voice. Then what, right. hap- then what happened? Well, then I discovered yoga and realized, like I said, that what I was doing, the idea of like being in your body and uh, using your breath to um, to shift your nervous system, which, you know, can really just be out of whack perpetually because of our thinking, our brain is our, you know, sort of the, the central command to our nervous system. And then using, some, you know, a, a mantra, using um, a practice of something, whatever, and it can be a lot of different things, but to retrain ourselves. Right. So I discovered that that was yoga. That was, you know, directly from this system. And so I started studying, practicing and studying yoga in earnest. And uh, a couple of years later, um, decided to shift my entire life to study this and to uh, become trained as a certified yoga therapist and to start teaching what I experienced and learned. And, and I've been doing that now for sev- 16, 17 years. Um, but what, what I think is interesting in terms of my personal story is that same process, right? You said like noticing your inner experience and embracing it instead of resisting it, and then really welcoming that inner message and aligning with what you want for yourself, even in small ways, right? So my original mantra was stop pulling on your eyebrows and eyelashes, <laughs> right? But, but, you know, years and years later, when I was questioning my sexuality, it was, you know, trust yourself, Believe yourself, right? Um, and interestingly, we talk about resistance and stru- suffering and struggling. Uh, interestingly, so many of my relationships 
in my 40s, even in my 30s, one of the things that just really got under my skin was when I would have an idea or, you know, share something in, in my relationships, like with my husband or even, you know, in my in my family or with friends or colleagues. And 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 like I wasn't being listened to. That would be that was like my the the thing that would always set me off. So you talk about following the struggle, the resistance, the negativity, the the stress, the anger. Um, you know, the frustration, the thing that rubs you the wrong way, seeing now that that was leading me to noticing, to recognizing that that's not what I was doing for myself, that that, that not listening, not trusting, not being present for myself was the thing that was, was I really needed to work with. Um, yeah, that's so often what happens is what drives yeah. us crazy about other people is exactly, <laughs> exactly what's going on with us. So Absolutely. True. So yep. you were struggling to be heard, but you were also struggling to hear yourself. That's right. That's right. I wasn't listening to myself mm. and therefore, um, you know, the, the ex- external experience of not being heard and and that really upsetting me pointed directly to oh well you're not listening to yourself you're not really giving you know your inner voice the the respect that you know is that it deserves what do you think was going on at that point that you were ignoring are you aware of it now at that point you weren't were you you were married at that point yep yeah, I think, um, you know, I think it's easy to say, oh, you know, I was a mother of two kids and, you know, oh, I, you know, was building a business and, you know, all the things, I, you know, all the, the ways that we keep ourselves busy to uh, distract ourselves, to numb ourselves, to, you know, run from what we're hearing inside of us. So it's easy to sort of point all the, out those external things, but I think um, I think the truth of it, in terms of why I wasn't listening and um, to myself, to my inner voice, was was really just that what I was hearing was hard and was, you know, felt like this big scary thing to deal with, and it, you know, it was. Ultimately, well, not ultimately, at one point, it was about my sexuality. But even before that, in my earlier 40s, it was about, you know, trusting myself and, you know, wanting to, um, you know, wanting to build my life in a certain way inside, but then, you know, it being inconvenient or hard on the outside, right? Like little things like, you know, I was really it is really important to me to be as environmentally friendly as possible. And so when my kids started, you know, going to school and packing lunches and stuff, and it was really easy to buy things that were, you know, convenience foods and that sort of thing um, that are an, an environmental disaster, you know, something that I really struggled with because it was what I wanted, but yet at the same time, it makes it, it was harder. It was harder to, 
you know, make that a priority. So like little things, and it's, it's such a, I think, testament to how yoga is applicable, yoga philosophy, and even the practices are applicable to whatever you're dealing with, little things like that, but then also bigger things like, you know, questioning your sexuality or overcoming, you know, addiction like qualities or, you know, anything that is happening that is, um, is, is out of alignment in your life that is, you know, that you want to shift that you want to work with or that you don't. <laughs> right. Right. But I think what you pinpointed is a very common question that, uh, becomes an obstacle to so many for any kind of a goal. And that thought is it's too hard. Right. Right. That's so right. that thought yeah. it's too hard and not challenging it, just being at the effect of that thought. I've seen it with myself yeah. and uh, the example you just gave about environmentally friendly lunches is a great example. Um, the way it comes up for me all the time is going away on the weekend and thinking, well, I can't eat the way I really want to eat because it's too hard, because right. it's not my own home and my, it's not convenient. It requires planning and, and maybe some discussions and this and that. So what ends up happening with that thought is we end up being out of alignment and not putting ourselves right. first, right? And the way I guess you interpreted that is it ended up just pushing everything deeper and deeper so that you could barely even hear the message anymore. That's right. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And I just read an interesting quote, I guess, um, about how the, the skills that you learn and cultivate in the first half of your life are not helpful in the second half of your life. <laughs> Right. And I think, you know, I know, you know, here we are, you know, sort of moving into the second half of our lives. And I think that um, one of the key pieces that we learn in our middle age, and I think especially as women, or that we're meant to learn whether or not we're learning it or not, I think that the resistance and the negativity and the stress and the anger and the frustration and the discomfort really point to it but that we're meant to learn that our experience, that our personal growth, that our desires, that, you know, our, um, uh, you know, spirituality, all of that, that us as women, especially in our middle age, sort of moving towards our potential as the, the most important piece of our lives really does have a positive effect on our relationships, on our work, on, uh, you know, on the, you know, the, the world, ultimately, that that's what we're meant to be doing as sort of, you know, seasoned, mature women, we're meant to be healing ourselves so that we add to the healing of the world. Mm. Um, and, and I think that that's a, you know, I think that's why we get to this point in our lives where, you know, things start to shift inside of us and we, we struggle with it, right? We, I know, you know, the idea of regrets uh, and regret proofing your life is a big part of your work. Um, I, and I think that that's key. Like, what are the, what are the areas in your life that 
you're not aligning yourself with what you really want for you in your life. And why? And if the answer is because it's too hard, what does that mean? Does it mean that right. you're not worth the effort? Right. You know, and I can't even imagine, yeah. Stephanie, what was going on in your brain when you started to realize that you could no longer deny um, the struggle that sounds like it was part of the problem for a long time. Yeah. What was that experience yeah. like for you to realize yeah. with a marriage and with kids and everything? Yeah. I mean, you know, the, so at first it was, nah, what, you know, (laughs) like that's, that just must be something else or, you know, whatever. And, um, and then as that inner voice started to get louder and more persistent, um, speaking of hard, I, I, I really recognize like, okay, if, if, if this, if I'm going to look at this, um, and really open myself up to this inner voice, I need massive clarity. And so then I had to deal with the fact that I was numbing every day, right? Every day I was doing something to just smooth things over inside of myself, drinking and smoking pot. And so then I had to like say, okay, well, you know, this thing is happening inside of me and there's no way in the world that I am going to start to excavate this without being super sure. There's no way that I'm telling my husband that I'm questioning my sexuality. My husband that I love, and you know, had a, you know, a, a relatively happy marriage, a good life. There's no way that I'm, you know, dropping a big old bomb on all of this unless I (laughs) am crystal clear. So then I had to go through the process of letting go of all of my, you know, devices. Um, Maybe I shouldn't say all, but my big, (laughs) my big devices of, of, of ignoring and distracting and the things that were, you know, standing in the way of clarity. Well, and even um, and even those things really don't match the lifestyle that you've been nurturing, no, right? Like, yeah, not like at all. it's just another example of something that's just off with yeah. the woman that you wanted to become. Out of alignment, yeah. exactly, exactly. And you know, so that you bring up an ex- interesting point because you you know you're asking me what was that experience like, and sort of facing shame was a big piece of that. And it started off of like, you know, oh, I'm, you know, I, I, I feel like I have this secret of, you know, being, in, you know, building my business and being this mentor and this, you know, leader. Um, and at the same time, like, I would be mortified if any of my students knew that, you know, I would smoke half a joint every night after my kids went to bed, <laughs> right? Wow, like, I was right. like, that's a, that's a big, you know, thing that I, that is, you know, that I'm hiding. Um, or even with the drinking, I, I really wouldn't drink a lot alone, but I used drinking as a way to feel more comfortable in my body and in my, you know, in, in situations of, you know, being in groups and being with friends, I would over drink. And that was another point of shame. Like I would get to this mm-hmm. point in the evening where I just was like, Ugh, you know, I feel terrible. 
not any more comfortable and I'm having trouble like, you know, sort of functioning in this situation. And, and then of course, the next day, I would also feel terrible. So that was a that was a point of shame that I had to start facing. And then of course, you know, once I started letting go of those things, there was like this big sense of shame of, um, you know, of, of, of hearing that inner voice and um, wanting, you know, at questioning everything, like, have I always been gay? Is this something that's changed? Is this, you know, do, how, what, what is, what's this all about? And, and you know, I, you know, thinking about like coming out to my mother and like, oh my gosh, you know, how horrible and terrible is that going to be? And it was really all around the shame of just not, not knowing um, all of those years what was going on and, and ignoring myself and just feeling like who I am is unacceptable. Um, it was unacceptable to me for so long. Oh my so gosh. How can yeah. I expect, right? How it's, can I expect? It's so confusing. It's, I just can't imagine how confusing it was. And even without the piece of shame, without dealing with shame, it's confusing anyway. But on the other yes. hand, it, it also gives so much insight and clarity as to what was wrong. Like you just right. said, you weren't accepting of yourself. That's right. That's a big problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's true. Yeah. It's true. Wow. And I feel compelled to share um, just because I think it's such an important message that one, you know, when I started Googling in earnest things like, you know, am I gay? I'm, you know, 46 years old. What, you know, is this possible? You know, does sexuality change? You know, can you suppress being gay for, you know, 30 years? <laughs> All of these questions. Um, I really found a, a fairly large community. Um, and, um, and so I feel compelled to share because, because that's another piece that was really challenging as you I felt like, and it's a common experience now that I'm, you know, more involved in these communities of, of, of uh, women who come out late in life, who recognize late in life, you know, come out to themselves and, 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 and to the world later in life that, um, that it's a common experience to feel incredibly alone. Mm. You know, you have no idea what's happening and you can't tell anybody <laughs> because it just feels terrifying. And you have no idea that others experience this and that it's, you know, not something incredibly wrong with you. Um, that, you know, that it, that it, that it is something that happens and that there are others out there. Um, and so I think, you know, I think it's an important lesson, not just for anyone who's maybe questioning their sexuality, but also just for, you know, all of us in general, we're not alone, right? Our inner experiences, whether they be, you know, shame, addiction, regret, you know, questioning everything, all that is, you know, they're part of our universal human experience. Absolutely. And like I said earlier. I really believe that our lives, each of our individual lives are custom designed for us to 
um, to be able to learn those lessons. Um, but it's a it's a universal lesson to recognize that you're not alone. <laughs> you're oh, not yeah. alone, no matter what's going on inside of you. There is someone else feeling that way too, and thank God for the internet. Other people, yes, I know, I know, know, so true. I think that's the most consistent feedback I get about the Women in the Middle podcast is that you know when you think there's more out there for you, you're not alone. You're struggling with what your passion project is. You're not alone. You feel like time is running out and what's been taking you so long to figure out your purpose. (laughs) You're not alone. You're bored at work when everything looks amazing on paper and you feel indulgent for even thinking that there could be more. You're not alone. You're struggling because your kids are getting older and you're not clear about your identity. It's you're never alone. I love that you shared that. And, and it's so, so true, but I sitting here hearing this story I got to tell you, I'm just overwhelmed with your courage to trust yourself and to finally uh, look at all of it, all of the ways that you were pushing it down and that you were confused and that you were, you know, struggling to hear that message. But on the other hand, you'd also develop this really successful program, Make Peace with Stress, which was really you working on it. (laughs) You were working on it. Yeah. As much as you were denying it, it sounds like, like you knew there was a struggle and you knew that other people needed to find peace and allow stress, but like you said, to use it as a guidepost really, right? So what would you say the biggest lesson is for you with this whole experience? Like I'm, I'm really overwhelmed with your honesty and your ability to really, um, like being honest with yourself and just really going deep to understand your purpose. What can you share that? I don't know. I know right now there's somebody listening who's also dealing with some big, scary thing. What can you share? I, I think that the overriding message is, you know, you, you use the word purpose a couple of times is that the, all of us, the universal life purpose to become our best selves, right? And that that inner compass is there for everyone. Every single human being on the planet has a little voice inside of them that is the the custom, specially tailored um, sort of teacher, mentor, um, for for you, and that it's your purpose in life to explore that, to grow with that, to learn to trust it, to bring that you know sort of inner light, if you will, to the surface, and um, and that even when it feels hard and scary, to to reframe that for yourself that. Those challenges are there on purpose for you to help you. Um, you know, you mentioned something about courage. Uh, one of the other sort of um, defining moments for me was um, 
seeing a TED talk by Kelly McGonigal, who is a yoga therapist, but she's also a social psychologist. And the TED talk is how to make stress your friend, I think is the, what it's called. And it was um, so affirming to see that because what I had realized within myself was, you know, what we talked about that that all of that inner resistance was, uh, you know, there to help us. And that TED talk, in that TED talk, she shared a couple of scientific studies, and I won't go deep into it, but basically that are that stress. And again, I want to make sure that everyone understands that stress can feel like anger, perpetual frustration, you know, inner discomfort, resistance, the inner monologue of, you know, this is too hard, I don't want to do this, or, you know, that that feeling of boredom at work, or that feeling of, you know, my kids are grown up and leaving the house. And now what do I do? Oh, my goodness, you know, anything that's Oh, no, on some level, um, that is there to help you. And, And again, so she shared a, a number of different studies that really showed that the physical restre- stress response, when we view it as harmful, as something bad that we need to relieve or reduce, it's bad for our health and all of that, it has a negative effect on our physical and mental well-being. But when we view the stress response and all of those feelings that we've been talking about, all those hard, you know, challenges, uh, inner challenges as, as, as there for us, that actually it changes the way that it works in your body. And instead of fear, you feel courage, you feel excitement, you feel joy, you feel confidence, right? You literally, it's kind of hard to imagine, but you literally change how those chemicals affect your systems in your body and mind. And so the idea of making peace with stress or, you know, opening up to your challenges or, you know, embracing those inner feelings as intentional, as purposeful is, has a massive effect. It's transformative that there's no sort of other way to say it, that when you change your mind, right? And this is your work is all about this as well. Like there's a circumstance and then your thought about it, which creates the feelings, which has this cascade effect on your life. And so when you really work with that inner judgment of, of your own experience and change that, then, then everything in your life changes. Right? Another sort of quote that I love is, uh, nothing changes until you do, <laughs> right? And it's all about that, um, that judgment, that inner judgment. And, um, and, and, and that again, our purpose, each of us as individuals, our purpose is to heal that, is to work through that. And that when you embrace it, it, does get easier because it doesn't mean that it's not hard, but it gets easier because it has such a profound effect on your life. And you see like, oh, this is, that was really important. Why did I spend, speaking of regret, regret proving, why did I spend so many years (laughs) fighting (laughs) or running from that? You know, what's so interesting too, though, is that you mentioned judgment and 
when we judge ourselves, we are out of the present moment. Even judgment itself pulls us away and makes it worse because then it's just being negative on top of stress, which is negative until you use stress for good. So what would an example be of a way that you think about stress now to make it, you know, more, a more peaceful, useful experience? Yeah, well, I will just explain the, the a very simple way to um, to use the make peace with stress method. Um, I'll just underscore that these three steps are directly from this ancient healing system of yoga, but this is a way to make it really applicable to whatever you're experiencing in your life. The first step is about noticing noticing what's going on within you, really paying attention without without judgment. And, and that's a practice, right? It's totally. an ongoing practice that's meant to be, uh, you know, lifelong, that doesn't change, uh, you know, it doesn't go away. So uh, noticing, and then the second step is to open to that experience, instead of resisting and fighting and running and numbing and all the things that we do, um, opening up to it, embracing it. And um, the, the yogic practice is uh, often translated as surrender, which can have a negative connotation, but it's really about recognizing that it's happening for you versus against you or, yeah. um, you know, that sort of thing. And then the third step is to welcome what you really want, right? So, noticing your inner experience, opening to it. And, and your inner experience can be about sitting in traffic and being late for an appointment and having that like, right? It can, <laughs> it can manifest outside of yourself, but being in a stressful situation and, and, and acting in a way that just doesn't feel good, right? Doesn't feel good. So noticing that experience, opening to it, that discomfort, anger, frustration, overwhelm, you know, self-doubt, all the things as a message from within that you can embrace, that you can start to listen to a little bit at a time. Again, whether it's the, you know, sort of inner daily struggle of like, oh God, you know, sink full of dishes again, or whether it's, you know, lying in bed at night and questioning your sexuality, <laughs> to use my personal example, or, you know, what am I going to do with my life now that, you know, all of this. Um, and then that third step is to welcome what you really want. So back to my very original experience of this, stop, you can stop yourself from pulling on your eyebrows and eyelashes, you can stop this little behavior. Or, you know, fast forward many years to when I was lying in bed questioning my sexuality, the, the welcome piece, the third step piece is I want to trust myself. I want to believe myself. I want to listen uh, to myself. What did it? So, so, so that process of noticing, opening, and welcoming, you talked about being out of the present moment. It's the, the, the acronym for that is now, right? Because mm -hmm. that's when you do it. You can't go back and change the past. You can't figure out something for, you know, next week, next year, the next 10 years. 
you have to work with that inner experience in the moment when it's happening. When you're aligned, when you're feeling good, when you're in the flow and truly it's, you know, you don't need this practice, but when you're struggling inside on any level, when you don't feel inside the way you want to feel this practice of noticing how you're feeling, what's out of alignment, embracing it, saying, okay, yes, there's something good here. There's, there's an opportunity here. And then welcoming what it is you really want, working on that inner alignment, even in small ways in that moment, ultimately opens you up to, you know, to the experience that you're meant to have, to aligning with what you really want for yourself. So, so good. So good. And I know one thing that you've said before that is just so simple and so important is just that nobody can do this for you. We, we, sometimes we just want to be saved. I always think, Oh, I always look out here to the right. It's a window. And I'm like, yeah, somebody out there, (laughs) whatever. It's probably just a coyote. Somebody out there can, can help me more than I can help myself. That's not the solution. That's not the solution. Right. So, you know what? Thank you so much. I want to make sure that anybody who wants to find more uh, out about the Make Peace with Stress program can absolutely do that. Just head over to www.makepeacewithstress.com. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really, really appreciate this time. And I know that there's somebody out there right now who needed to hear this message. I wish you yes. all the best. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Susie. It's been a real pleasure. So good, right? I love what she said about moving into the second half phase of our lives as healing ourselves and how that adds to healing the world. What can you learn about regret proofing from your life after you hear Stephanie's story? What can you learn about what you're resistant to personally and why? She talks about this idea of your universal purpose as becoming your best self, your inner voice is your inner compass. It's unique. It's yours and it's for you. What if your purpose in life is simply to trust that inner voice and connect with it more than you do? What about that? When you embrace and change your mind about that inner judgment of your experience, you can really begin to heal. It's there for you to help you. And by doing so, you're able to help others too. That is really something. No one can do this for you, my friend. You can get help, but you have to do it for yourself. Okay, that's it for this episode. As you know, my focus as a midlife coach is to help you waste less time spinning and feeling stuck about aging, about empty nest, about relationships, about your career, about being more compassionate towards yourself, about all of it. It's time to get excited about your life again. And remember, being the queen of your brain domain is the best way to be, and I am here to help. This is what you'll learn when you hire me as your coach. Learning the mindfulness concepts are one thing, but when it comes to applying the concepts, that's when you really benefit from coaching. I can help you grow faster. You'll see the connections and insights more clearly. And we laugh a lot too, because you learn to be more curious and more compassionate with yourself. And that is so good and such a beautiful gift. So are you ready to get started? head over to www.iamfinallyfirst.com and join my monthly coaching membership, The Finally First Club. 
It's your one-stop shop for all things midlife coaching, community, and connection. We are waiting for you too, so we can all grow together. For show notes and links, head over to www.coachwithsusie.com. Let's do this, ladies. It's time for you to put yourself first, one thought at a time. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.